and welcome everybody to SU Voice Box episode 7. So we're back in term 2. Not really deep in term 2, but two weeks into term 2, so significantly into term <laughs> 2. So I am sat here in the SOAS Radio studio with three wonderful people, so perhaps we can just go around the table and say hello. Hi, I'm Nisha, I'm the co-president of Democracy and Education. Hi, I'm Dimitri, co-president Welfare and Campaigns. And I'm Halima, I'm co-president of Quality and Liberation. Cool, great to have us in the studio. So we're just going to do a little recap on things that have been going on right here in SOAS Students' Union, just so that you can all be kept in the loop. So perhaps one of the things that we could talk a little bit about is the UGM that we just semi-had. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to take place on the 17th of January, and we had about three motions for that. And so it was going to happen, and we kind of all turned up. But then, unfortunately, we weren't at Quora. So, Nisha, do you want to talk a little bit about what Quora is? Yeah, so within the Students' Union Constitution, we have a few different, I guess, principles or rules around UGMs. One of them is Quora. And essentially what that means is it's the number of members of the Students' Union who need to be present at a meeting like a union general meeting to take decisions on either policy, um, if you want a vote of no confidence, someone. And there are different quorums for different things within the student union. So a UGM, we need to have 50 members there to pass policy, which is actually only like 1% of the student body here at SOA. So it's not a really, really high quorum. And the more students that we are able to have attending things like union general meetings, the better in a way, because we want to have discussions which get in voices from across the student body as well as discussing motions, which some people understand, some people don't. I didn't understand for a lot of my degree, so I completely feel that. A lot of the things that we talk about at UGMs include issues that are happening with the school or outside within kind of national agendas and politics and that kind of thing, and our responses and reactions to those. So they are a space which is not just about kind of saying, okay, who is going to stand up and speak for this motion? Who will speak against blah, 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 minutes kind of thing. It's also like really important that people are there to engage with issues that are happening. And it is one of the rare opportunities that we kind of all get together to talk about these sorts of things. Mm. So Quora is important, but more important than that is kind of generally engaging people in issues that are happening at SOAS. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be reholding that union general meeting within our constitution. It basically sets out that if you don't have Cora for a meeting to pass policy, that same UGM will be held one week from that day at the same time, same place. So we are going to give it another go um, mm. on Wednesday, the 24th of January. 5 p.m. in the JCR. We are just going to have a bit of a discussion around the motions that were there and vote on those, but we are also going to use that opportunity and space to talk about restructuring and the Students' Union response to that, particularly as we're thinking of mobilizing for a demonstration on the 29th, which is the day on which Ian's final policy will go to executive board. I don't know if you've been following the restructuring developments lately, but this is quite a big and significant moment, and we want to make sure that because people do 
did really try and feed into the process that he put out for them, the consultation in particular. A lot of different departments said in what they thought about his proposal. A lot of it was very negative, but a lot of it also had suggestions for how to make things better. Now he has to be accountable to all of the people who sent in those things and to everyone who came to the walkout last time as well. You know, there were very clearly articulated demands there. So we want to make sure that the things that we need within SOAS in terms of support staff and in terms of support for students as well are really met within Ian's new proposal. Cool. So just before we kind of launch into a bit more of a discussion around restructuring stuff, uh, in terms of UGM, so Nisha mentioned that the UGM is rescheduled for the 24th of Jan, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the JCR. Strongly urge you to come along, particularly if you don't really know what a UGM is or if you've never been to one. It's a really unique opportunity to kind of engage with policy and policy decisions within the union. And it's also a great opportunity to submit ideas that you have for policy. So at the moment, it's not possible to do that for the upcoming one because that's the rescheduled one. So we're not reopening motion submissions, but we are going to be having another one on February 20th. So if you're thinking about something that you'd like to become SOAS Students Union Policy, it's possible to submit motions for that one. I'd also strongly encourage you, if you're thinking about that, to first of all, come and speak to someone within the union office, because sometimes it's actually possible to do it without it becoming a motion. So motions are exciting and we encourage them, but also great first step to come and actually speak to people in the union offices. So perhaps, yeah, we could have a little bit more of a discussion around structuring. So there's going to be an update at the UGM coming up on the 24th of Jan and kind of a bit more mobilization around that. But perhaps we could hear a little bit more about that so that people could kind of know what's going on. Well, the Students' Union was involved in the consultation process, as Nisha mentioned already. And, you know, we tried to engage to the best of our ability, even though, you know, there were some issues in terms of, you know, not being consulted prior to the release of the proposals but nonetheless we took part there were some really interesting discussions around like processes and systems I mean people in the working group consisted of like academic support staff and student support staff as well as like heads of department expressed their interests and you know ideas about ways to improve the student academic experience I'm still trying to figure out how I feel having come <laughs> to the end of that working group although I'm not too sure it's the end I mean it seemed to me as though some sort of resolution that was that came out of it at the end was like to try and specifically address the issues with the process and systems by creating subgroups that will hopefully be done by like next week I think or that's what I heard and then we'll reconvene and yeah I guess just try and tackle all these problems that emerge at SARS although that's a pretty heh, like <laughs> task yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was interesting. And like Nisha said, we were there to, I mean, I felt like one of the reasons why we basically stayed in the working group in there, there were, there were like a lot of issues with, with it was to support academic support staff mm. and to, you know, reaffirm our demands and making sure that students have like efficient support in terms of like frontline, like personalized support when they go to their departments. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I guess it's just hard to kind of I don't know, just understand what's going on mm. as it's going on because it's kind of like changing all the time and keeping all the different concerns in mind. Like I also, I just find it really hard to understand what's going on. So it'd be good to kind of hear yeah. the update again on Wednesday mm. and to kind of see the, the, the actions and the working that will come out um, in terms of what students can do. Yeah, definitely. And it's not the end. Like Nisha mentioned how important it is for us to, you know, mobilise and, you know, make it clear to whoever, like Ian and people leading on restructuring Mm. that, like, our demands just can't be Mm sidelined and that they have to ensure that 
you know, that the demands for efficient support for students mm -hmm. is included in their final proposals mm. because, I mean, I don't know if I left totally clear on whether that it will it will be included mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the final document that was produced and showed to us was, wasn't the proposal, the, the finished proposal, mm. it was um, mm. an output document which tried to like capture the discussions that we had in the working group, but it's just going to be an appendix and it? Mm. <laughs> in Ian and Paul Doyle's final proposal, who yeah. are, sorry, if you guys don't know, Ian is CEO of SOAS, uh, the Chief Operating Officer. Is that, no? He's a Deputy Chief, Deputy Deputy. Chief Operating Officer <laughs> of Student and Academic Experience. That's it. Thank you, right. Dimitri. And Paul Doyle is like <laughs> assisting him yeah. <laughs> with restructuring. Um, but managers nonetheless, so let's yeah. just call them what they are. <laughs> So on the topic of kind of support for students, mm. another very recent development has been that we've all received an email from Student Advice and Wellbeing outlining the kind of saturation of their services mm. and the fact that they're kind of very much overwhelmed to the point that they can't receive any more requests or applications for ongoing counseling sessions. So they said that they still do have spaces for drop-ins but that those are often full but that there are no more spaces for regular counseling sessions so this is very recent we've just received it I actually think yesterday and just mm. kind of figuring out how to deal with this but this is obviously not good at all um, mm. actually very very bad and just I guess within the students union thinking about how to approach this and what to do about it and yes that's kind of an ongoing discussion mm. Mm. Um, yeah I can speak a little bit to that in terms of what the students union has been pushing for already throughout the year. We had a meeting with Ian Pickup at the very beginning of this academic year with a lot of the part-time officers who were there, all of them very clearly talking about the need for more resources and staffing and student advice and well-being, both to increase capacity but also to provide tailored services for particular liberation groups. And that was very clear from a number of liberation officers at the time. And so um, the feedback and the, and the sort of student needs was, has already been made quite clear to Ian Pickup even this just this year. And we've also tried to find ways of working with student advice and well-being in order to make sure that students know they can turn to student advice and well-being for a variety of different services, not just counselling, but that the Students' Union is also there to, to organise things. So we had the, the Settling In Week, which was the, sort of the, more, the most structured sort of partnership that we did with student advice and well-being so far. We're looking into doing some mental health support activities and events this term as well with student advice and well-being so in terms of how we've been trying to deal with the, the crisis it's both by letting managers know that there is a crisis and that there needs to be proper investment in student advice and well-being to deal with it but also in terms of practical steps from our side to support student advice and well-being and actually organize some activities that will sort of guide students towards the specific service that they might need and also look into what what we can offer as a as a students union especially around group support um, Mm -hmm. which we've done a little bit of for visually impaired and blind students last term and hopefully we'll continue that with other student mm. groups as well this term. I guess it's just difficult though if that's already been a demand that's been made clear. Mm. It's like what are the steps to take if it appears that that's not really being taken on board? Yeah, I mean it's like 
completely ridiculous and like I think one of the clear what we have to do next is to put as much pressure as we can on managers who are withholding funds and under resourcing and understaffing these departments that students need and I'd like strongly encourage that all students email Ian and Paula directly and vent their frustrations and you know express to them how important these services are to them I'll give you their emails you can email Ian Pickup at ip6 at soas.ac.uk and you can email Paula Sanderson at ps74 at soas.ac.uk I mean yeah you're paying £9,000 a year and they're directing you to the Samaritans and emergency services and like Mm. that's such a clear sign that obviously students need support and they need help and they shouldn't have to go to to those lengths to receive it yeah it's it's a real shame and there's been multiple warnings that have come from student advice well-being and from the students union for years now yeah we shouldn't be surprised that this has happened now but that's the thing yeah it's been underfunded and Mm. understaffed for years and years i don't think they even have a single full-time member of staff even their manager or the person who is coordinating the services is part-time because they just really don't have the the Mm. funds or the resources to to do it i mean i think in terms of immediate responses You know, it's really important that we're making our voices heard around this and that we have a consolidated and coordinated approach. You know, we are going to be having a demonstration on the 29th and it it is about support services and student advice and well-being did submit a document to the consultation about this and the resource allocation towards them and a review of their services is something that they've been calling for for ages and they re-articulated that. So I, I think that that is an opportunity for us to also make our voices kind of very clear together about what it is that students need basically in terms Mm. of support services and that's not just that's about kind of support within your department but also these really important mental health services at SOAS as well. So that means January 29th there's going to be a demonstration Um, do we have any more details about that demonstration? Probably be on SOAS steps. Cool. Midday (laughs) but I'm just I'm I'm just suggesting times and yeah probably yeah, some of right will be there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess something that we'll discuss further and cool. we'll release all the relevant information when it's already great mm-hmm. well then mm-hmm. just mark it in your diary so come along to that to yeah basically just in solidarity for support for students and also support for staff mm-hmm. cool so the other thing that's going on at the moment is the catering consultation so for those of you who don't know uh, so as catering services are going to be brought in-house from September 2000 So there's a consultation going on right now to kind of find out what it is that we all would like to see within our catering services. So that's kind of taking shape in a couple of different ways. One of them is an online survey, which we strongly encourage you to fill out. I think the link is bit.ly.com slash soasfood. I don't know the sir. I don't know the link. <laughs> the if link. that's right, then you don't <laughs> <Woo! laughs> um, uh, Yeah, so, well, I'll put the link in the little description of this episode. Uh, but, yeah, so strongly encourage you to fill it out. There's also the opportunity, if you fill it out, to uh, win two 50-pound Waterstones vouchers, which sounds really great. But also, I think more exciting than that is the opportunity to kind of feed into, you know, what it is that the future of food at SOAS will look like. So there's the online survey, and there's also kind of, a stall that's happening in the cloisters and also in the SOAS main building on Tuesday, 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 January 23rd. Not sure if this will be out by then, but <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, so yeah, so go along to those and make your voices heard. Also really important to note that, yeah, perhaps Dimitri can talk a little bit more about how it is that we've gotten to this point of having this consultation about catering services, because really important to know the history of that. 
sure. The catering services at SAAS have been outsourced to different private companies for at least a decade now. And Elior is just the latest of the worst. So Elior is the current private company that manages the catering services in SAAS main building in on the lower ground floor, this staff common room, but then also in Paul Webley wing in uh, on the lower ground floor there. And they do a terrible job, both in terms of food, food waste, and uh, other things that have to do with the food environment, but especially with how they treat the staff who work uh, here at SOAS. And so the Justice for Cleaners, Justice for Workers campaign last year started to make a lot more noise about how Elio was treating staff in the in the refectories, especially with the use of zero-hour contracts, bullying and harassment of women in the refectories. And then in response to all of this, in the middle of June last year, SAAS Senior Management decided to make a decision on the 12th of June uh, 2017 to take the decision to um, shut down the refectory in the main building. And this was communicated to some staff by, by, by letter, and all the staff who are on zero-hour contracts were not given any letters. And the 12th of June is also the commemoration for the nine cleaners who had deported in 2009 with the complicity of SOAS management again. So we were holding a commemoration outside on the SOAS steps when a number of catering staff came up to students from the campaign, staff from the Justice for Workers campaign, and said that they, they just received this news that the refectory was closing down, that it meant some staff would be reallocated to other services which are probably which would probably end up being overstaffed and so they would be made redundant later on. And all the staff on zero hour contracts hadn't received any notice so they'd probably be made redundant by default. Um, as a result of that happening on, on that day and the expression of disrespects that this meant to the staff, students organised a essentially a, a, a walk-in. Uh, we walked into senior management uh, corridor on the first floor of the main building and uh, asked to speak to the managers who were, who were responsible for this decision, including Valerie Amos as chair of the executive board. Uh, surprisingly, none of them were available on that day. Them were in the office. And so we said that we would stay there until they'd come and speak to us about this and reverse the decision. So this turned into um, a two-week-long student occupation of the management corridor in the middle of June and we had some very clear demands around keeping the refectory in the main building open, improvements of terms and conditions for all staff, getting rid of zero-hour contracts, but also doing a review, conducting a community-wide uh, consultation on the future of catering services as part of bringing staff in-house, since our, our, our sort of core demand was always to bring staff in-house. And yeah, so now uh, some of those demands are now happening. SAS is in the process of bringing staff in-house by 1st of September 2018. They're doing this consultation uh, into the future of what SAS catering will look like, but then demands such as getting rid of zero-hour contracts, improvements in terms and conditions have not been implemented to the standards that we would hope for for a university in central London. So the campaign will probably be making a lot more noise again this term about how staff are, are still being disrespected in a number of different ways. Mm. But yes, the consultation is happening. Part of the consultation is the survey. You'll notice once you're f when you're filling the survey that there's nothing around exploitation of staff uh, and treatment of staff at SOAS. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't talk about it in the comment boxes, but it also means that we'll be giving students and the community more generally an, an opportunity to feed in those kind of concerns uh, in a different way 
as opposed to sort of these individualized surveys. Yeah, so strongly encourage you to fill mm. that yeah. out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cool. While we're on the topic of surveys, there's also yeah. a much smaller survey that went out recently, <laughs> which is the hot drinks in the uh, SU shop survey, which we had over 300 respondents to, which was really great. So that mainly centered around kind of reusable cup usage, as well as particular dietary requirements or preferences in relation to milks, so for hot drinks. And yeah, it's a survey just trying to establish what the interest is for something like a plant milk coffee machine, which is something that we're like thinking about and looking into. But if that's that you're interested in, please email me hs61 at soas.ac.uk. I'm Hannah, by the way. <laughs> Didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, and then the other thing is that, that that survey is kind of in some ways linked to another thing that I'm kind of doing at the moment, which is the NUS Green Impact accreditation application. So it's basically NUS runs this accreditation every year to gauge like how environmentally friendly uh, different unions are. In the past, we've done very well, but this past year, they changed it completely. So we're kind of filling it out anew and it's highlighted lots of like really interesting different things that we can do so that's something that I'm filling out uh, in conjunction with the environment officer of the students union Anna who's great but if you're interested in getting involved in filling that out or want to learn more again please email me on hs61 at soas.ac.uk oh also just very last thing um, hopefully you've noticed that there's a coffee cup sculpture as you walk into the entrance of SOAS main building yeah so just something to think about when you're getting a drink uh, that the those coffee cups, uh, those disposable coffee cups go somewhere and basically the, the SU shop goes through 5,000 a week, so over a year around 200,000 and it takes a lot of energy to make those cups, it takes loads of energy. If they were to be recycled that would also take a lot of energy but the reality is that they're not recycled or uncomposted, they just get turned into landfill which historically has just been shipped off somewhere else but which we're going to kind of have to start dealing with uh, right here in this country. So really it's important to think about. Basically whenever you buy anything, think about where it's coming from and think about where it's going to be going because it does have to be dealt with somewhere, somehow. So go reusable when you can. So that's kind of a big update as to what's been going on. Just a couple quick shout outs about things to look out for that are coming up. One of them is LGBTQIA plus history month. Yeah, which is going to be in February. So just keep an eye out for events that are coming up in relation to that. I know there's going to be a late license at the end of the month that's being organized by some of the uh, officers within the union. Other than that, yeah, so just keep your eyes peeled for other things. Um, another date that I wanted to flag is the 5th of February. So, so this is very exciting. Students' Union elections are coming up and the nominations are opening on the 5th of February. So you're going to start seeing a lot more information about that coming out. But if you want to run to be any one of the union officers, so that's both part-time officers um, who are kind of current students, but also sabbatical officers, which are like full-time roles all for one year, the nominations for that are opening on the 5th of February and they'll be open until after reading weeks. So they'll be open until I think the 26th of February. So just something to start thinking about. Very exciting. We'll have a more kind of elections focused episode next time just to kind of tell you all about what you'd like to know or answer any questions that you might have. Actually, another point, if you have any questions about elections or about anything in general, feel free to email any of us. Our emails are on soasunion.org. Right, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Holocaust Memorial week that's happening on the 27th. Yeah, I've been working on organising some stuff for that. 
Hopefully there's going to be an exhibition from next week in the foyer as you go into the library, so check it out. And there's a late licence next week. I'm sure Mehdi would mention it if he was here, but unfortunately he hasn't been able to join us today. And that's on the 26th of January, and it's it's called Hishak Bashak. It's a Middle Eastern type theme night, but there's also going to be Kanafa and Shisha. In Damn. The, yeah, <laughs> I love Kanafa. I'm so excited. But Shisha in the bar and also a Middle Eastern food. Nice. Great. So just quickly before we wrap up, I thought it would be fun if we just like had a tiny, very quick uh, run round to find out. Because we were all SOAS students not that long ago, <laughs> some longer ago than others, um, just wanted to just ask and find out what your favorite modules were when you were a SOAS student. Uh, okay, I'll start because I'm education co-president, so this is my role. <laughs> my favorite module when I was here was I did an open option in my final year. Um, the module was called South African Film and Visual Culture post-1994. And it was just amazing. It was so wonderful. The class was really small, so there's only like 10 of us. And it, it was a lot of just watching films and kind of talking about current politics. And the lecture was just amazing. Linduay, shout out to her. She's so great. <laughs> <laughs> she really embeds like positionality in how she teaches. And mm. it means that the content is a lot more accessible to a lot more people. And yeah, I, she's just great. And the class is great. Nice. So. So my favorite course at SOAS was probably a course, again, I took in my final year in the anthropology department called um, the Anthropology of African and Asian Communities in Britain. That was taught by Paru, professor, and then Nadia and Spela, the GTAs. And it was, yeah, it was a really great course. It builds on a course that I did the term before, which was called African and Asian Cultures in the Diaspora. And yeah, it was just a whole one-year, two-part course on uh, resistance by people of color ever since white people started going around the world, spreading capitalism and slavery. Mm. Um, so, yeah. They always do. <laughs> like, like they always yeah. and still do today. Yeah. 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 And mine was Politics of Culture. I did that in my final year, it was a half unit, and um, it's taught by Carlo Bonara, who is such a wonderful teacher, like, you can just tell that he loves teaching, so, you know, he doesn't take up, although he's there to, you know, fill you with as much knowledge as he can, he doesn't take up a lot of space, because he'd rather, like, hear about everyone else's ideas and thoughts, but yeah, it was just kind of looking at many different aspects of, like, culture, food, music, activism, yeah, it was great, I, I like, highly recommend mm. it. Mm. Cool, yeah. nice. I'm still kind of doing it. <laughs> oh lucky you <laughs> how about you hannah yeah uh mine it's kind of a bit hard to pick um mine i think it's a tie between security which was actually a half module with zoe marriage who i just love mm. <laughs> um and then who also then became my dissertation supervisor and then um the other one that was amazing was forced migration with tahir and he basically just completely changed I mean, I didn't necessarily like have a specific viewpoint of migration before, but he really placed the concept of migration as like historical context. That's mm -hmm. just like very normal for people to be moving around. It's only now, and then it's kind of like demonized and presented as it is in the media. Yeah, and he's just a really compelling lecturer and person, uh, and that was yeah by far my favorite. So I think that brings us to the end of episode seven of SU Voice Box. If you've stuck with us, thank you so much. If you haven't, you're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so we'll catch you next month when I'm sure there'll be lots more things to update you on. So that's a bye from us. Bye. bye. <laughs> and hope you're well. Bye. <laughs> What is this Obama life? Obama life. Still my life. Still my life.